Yeah, sure, buying a list is going to to slap a load of people onto your list, but more often than not, you're usually doing something illegal. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain How do you best build an authentic list of email subscribers? Should you buy an email list or is it best to build one for yourself? And does email marketing also work just as well for B2B? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, Alita Harvey Rodriguez. Alita, welcome to DMR. Hi David, how are you going? Oh, very good, thanks. Um, and how are you doing yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Superb. Well, Alita is the founder of Milk It Digital Academy, helping businesses to uncover hidden profits in digital business channels through business development workshops. So, Alita, your philosophy is data beats emotions. What do you actually mean by that? Uh, good question. Thank you for asking. Um, it's a question that I get asked a lot. So what I mean by data beats emotions, it's very simple, is that we're no longer in an era of business where we can simply rely on our gut feel in order to make a decision to grow our business in the most profitable way possible. The numbers are all there for us to make decisions with um, in the best way possible and and, you know, even if a lot of um, my clients come to me thinking that they don't have this information and it just takes, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, a couple of hours of asking some really strategic questions to get this information, pulling apart P&L reports, looking at Google Analytics, looking at um, any kind of insights that they might have within their business and pulling them into a form which we can manipulate and and get a solid answer to, to a question, for example, how much should I be spending on Facebook marketing in order to pull a return? Well, the first thing we need to find out is actually is Facebook marketing going to pull a return for you based on um, industry statistics, also together with, um, you know, existing um, data within the business. And then we can figure out accurately how much money you actually should be investing for a particular campaign to get, a, to get an, uh, you know, a result within 10% either way. So it's quite reasonable to actually forecast potentially the value of a medium like Facebook um, without actively participating on it beforehand. Yes, and and that's definitely um, that's definitely what I've experienced um, in particular with my clients is that you know we can forecast um, sales projections just like in a in a normal sales environment. There's obviously um, you know benchmarks that we can go off for the industry, and then we've got our own benchmarks within Milk based on the formulas that we use and the way that we. Um, teach and educate and have people creating their ads and then like I said you know it usually falls within a 10% mark of that. I pride this uh, business on making sure that my clients are not going to spend a dollar unless they know they're going to get you know that and then some in return. Social media is um, great you know but um, email certainly isn't dead yet you know so I'd I'd like to spend a little bit of time talking about email marketing as well. Um, So how do you really build uh, an authentic list of email subscribers? There's a number of ways to build, um, build an authentic list. People who aren't educated in the email marketing game or haven't been in the digital marketing game for a while often look for quick wins like buying lists and things like that. Yeah, sure, buying a list is going to to slap a load of um, people onto your list, but 
more often than not, you're usually doing something illegal. There's um, and and you really it's something that you should really be um, paying attention to is is to how that list was acquired, how the transfer of the data is made, and and how you can actually use that data without breaking any laws. In regards to building an authentic list without purchasing one, there's a number of things that you can do. One of them is um, integrating other channels, which I constantly, constantly am pushing for um, my clients to do or evolve their business into a point where they can. So for example, leveraging what they've got on Facebook, um, leveraging their existing traffic through um, through pop-ups and, and things like that, offering reasons for people to sign up. One of the most important things about getting people to join your list is making sure that you have a compelling why. I explain it like this a lot is that my my email address or your customers or your prospects email address is actually valuable to them. So what value are you going to give to them in order for them to exchange in exchange that email address so that they feel comfortable receiving mail from you so that your open rates and click through rates are high as well. That's how that's what happens when you build an authentic list. So setting up you know different channels within your business not ever relying on one place for you to collect your email addresses if you just rely on one avenue it's it's you know you're going to build your list very very slowly and i can give you this example one of um one of my recent clients who is um who's a is a very well respected um retailer um they're a pure player online and they had the to their business had been running for over 10 years and they had the total of no one on their list. Um, they had <laughs> they had no idea how to capture it. Their terms and conditions were all wrong. Um, they had all kinds of things, you know, not working in their favour. And I said, okay, guys, let's just get something really quickly started, and let's just get um, one place on your website so. Uh, so that you know people can enter their email addresses let's put together a program so that you know you're exchanging the value and following all the normal rules and they went and did that in the first week they had um you know they they i mean their subscriber list increased a lot and we just kind of when we left left it there and i and then the next step was for me to have them to implement multiple points on their website where people could um, where people could enter their details, you know, before they make a purchase and things like that. So just by taking the sign-up point from one to putting it on multiple, they started increasing the number of people who were entering um, the email address by an average increasing every week by about 100 new sign-ups every week. It doesn't sound like a lot compared to compared to you know other clients and, and other programs but for a for a client who has never ever done something like that before and then to start collecting on average 100 a week and then increasing that by 100 every week it really you know has pushed forward you know the catalyst in terms of um, revenue that's being generated by the email channel so you know really important is just not to rely on one channel and to have multiple points of registration throughout your social media through if you're B2B focusing on LinkedIn lead generation strategies um, on you know on your website having multiple touch points where people can sign up the next step for this client is actually to implement um, a, a pop-up and 
um, we're all very, they're very excited to see what those results are going to be. I know that they're going to be phenomenal. So um, have a broad spectrum of places where you're going to be collecting people and collecting people's email addresses and, and, and exchange value for value. So do you always advocate building your own list or is there ever a point where buying a list is both legal and also works effectively? Uh, look, uh, uh, the legal legal requirements um, for lists differ from country to country. Here in Australia, we have very, very strict spam laws. In America, it's a little bit more relaxed, and I'm not too sure about um, I'm not too sure about the spam legislation in the UK. Um, is there ever is there ever a time when buying a list is going to be valuable or legal? In Australia, definitely not. Um, the only way that I, if somebody has purchased a list before I kind of get in there and start working with them and educating them about email marketing um, is, you know, well, guys, you actually can't use this list and, and he, but if, you know, you've spent a lot of money on this, so let's try and get something out of it. The only way that um, a purchase list can be used in Australia is through um running uh, a custom audience through Facebook and running targeted Facebook ads, trying to convert those people into joining your list authentically. It's the only way to do it. Um, the, you know, the only other thing that I can suggest is to do um, something that's called co-registration, where you might set up a partnership with um, a company who has uh, you know, an audience within your target market and doing a competition or something like that where... Uh, where the user will go and enter their email address and they'll be registered on, on for, for, for both businesses. That's also a really great way to get in front of another audience and start growing the list that way as well. Okay, so in general, the answer is just focus on building your own list um, because then you know it's completely safe and you're likely to get um, relevant, uh, engaged people from that. Um, and you mentioned uh, B2B briefly there as well. Um, do you find that um, building an email list and using email marketing is just as effective when um, doing B2B as opposed to B2C? Uh, that's yes. Yeah. So um, this is a question I also get asked a lot. You know, does email marketing even work for for B two B? The safe answer is absolutely yes. Email marketing is still the highest form of um, for returning form of marketing. Um, that's next to SEO. Um, so in terms of B2B, just to give you an example for Milk, we ran um, an email marketing campaign and very easily, and this is just one email, we were just having a bit of a play with a new program that we were launching. Um, and um, from that one email alone, we generated over $40,000 in revenue. So um, email works very, very well for B2C and, and B2B. Um, it's it's just about how you acquire that person, nurture them, convert them into a paying customer, and then retain retain that person. And a really great um, a really great place for B two B in terms of their um, email marketing strategy is within that nurturing and within that retention strategy. Okay, that's interesting. And um, what about software? Um, do you find that um, small businesses and big businesses um, tend to rely on the same type of email marketing software or is your small business more likely to use a MailChimp type solution and your bigger business um, looking for more of a bespoke solution perhaps on their own servers? 
Yeah, so um, first of all, um, having an email marketing platform running from your own servers um, is um, it's advised not to do something like that. And the reason for that is because the deliverability, the inbox deliverability rate um, significantly drops because the servers that you're hosting that email program on or that email software on um, doesn't have good relation. Your server doesn't have good relationships with the ISPs, and and um, it takes a long time to warm up a server to have a good relationship with an ISP. So, hosting an email software on your own system is definitely so- not something that I advised. Uh, I advise, and and it's definitely something that you should be looking at for um, a reputable provider. Um, it is for big business, by the way. So we're talking like the Cheetah Mails of the world, which is an Experian company. Um, we're looking at Exact Target which has just been acquired by um, Salesforce, looking at um, responses as well. They're all, uh, and Bronto works really, really well for, you know, the mid-tier type businesses. Um, so you should definitely looking at um, an, uh, a software as a service for a, for a big business in, in terms of um, running a profitable email marketing program, and that's purely so that, I mean, they have incredible functionality. Most of their clients, you know, are still even, you know, not even halfway through using the full capabilities of these technologies. Um, and, and they're really, really valuable pieces of technology for big businesses. If we're talking about small businesses, most small businesses will rely on, yeah, the MailChimps of the world and campaign monitors and things like that. There are still a lot of big businesses that use MailChimp and, um, you know, there's obviously, you know, a critical mass that most businesses will reach as they start to grow when they need to move off a small um, service provider onto an enterprise solution like the ones that I mentioned before. Um, MailChimp most certainly has its benefits. The paid version of MailChimp is much more sophisticated than the free version, of course, but your list has to reach a particular size before you can move on to the paid version. Um, Campaign Monitor is a great solution. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot more sophistication in terms of the reporting. It's my preferred um, um, small business um, software for email marketing just because the reporting is a lot more in depth and you can do a lot more with the segmentation you don't have to wait until you're on a big solution to do some really cool stuff with your segmentation and, and um, optimize your campaigns okay and uh, what about email content strategy um, what um, do you offer um, if anything as an incentive for people to join your list and um, ongoing content um, should it be a weekly newsletter uh, should you set up an autoresponder series or do you recommend something else um, all of the above <laughs> so <laughs> so um, an autoresponder is a hundred percent necessary and um, so once somebody joins your list I like to call it a welcome series um, and this is a, a, a common um, term used in the email marketing world is is um, you know an autoresponder being and the first thing that you see is a welcome series a lot of companies just set up a you know an autoresponder saying hey thanks for joining our list click here to confirm but I know through my experience and, and the data is showing that if you, you know, once we build out a welcome series that's maybe two to four emails long, the conversion rate of those of those people who are joining your list is actually about 50%. Um, so having an autoresponder series or welcome series 
once that person joins up is going to increase your chances of conversion a lot and um, start to have people, you know, transacting with your business and it really gives you an opportunity to sell right away as opposed to, you know, waiting an average of, you know, maybe 90, even sometimes 360 days before somebody actually wants to transact with you. So that's that's the welcome series. So that's what you would do definitely look at getting a welcome series set up you know I always talk about um, a minimum viable product don't overthink it just get something in there the things that I recommend to get in your welcome series is of course you know um, remind in the first email the confirmation email let's call it um, is the email that you would reiterate exactly what it is um, as to the value that they get for joining joining your list. Um, what value are you going to bring to them? There's also an opportunity for you to um, to present any uh, offers that you have, for example, if you're a retailer, free shipping um, or, you know, a gift with purchase or something like that. The second part of your welcome series um, is I always use this piece for education, talk, you know, presenting FAQs, um, presenting, you know, your best sellers, things like that. The third one I always recommend using, um, you know, user-generated content. What are people actually talking about um, your brand on Facebook so that you start to get some really nice channel integration? And the fourth one, uh, you know, you can use this as a customer profiling series. Actually, you can, you know, use as a customer profile series throughout the entire welcome series is just driving them back to a page just to gather a little bit more information about them. Um, and this also can give you an opportunity for your um, reader to set the frequency of their emails. I always recommend people to, to people to um, ask your audience to set for them to set the frequency of when they want to receive emails from you because your open rates are going to increase dramatically when people are expecting and, and knowing that you're respecting the rules that they've set for you. In terms of content, um, yeah, you know, it really, it's not, it's not really, email marketing really isn't a one-size-fits-all. Um, there's obviously certain rules that, you know, you can follow that work always, but in terms of content, it really depends on the desired goal of that particular mailing. So, for example, if you're trying to boost your numbers on Twitter or Pinterest or something like that, do a dedicated email to Pinterest. I mean, it's not something you're going to do every week. If you're going to do a sale, um, you know, it's you know, sales are tricky ones. Is it, are you going to go out to a portion of the list? Are you go, you know, are you going to be segmenting your list? You could be doing five campaigns a week, but they're all to different um, portions of of the database or people who have opened and not uh, clicked particular emails and so on and so forth. So. When I say there's not one set rule, there's not one set rule. It's something that you have to, you know, dive into and start playing with as you start building your list and start identifying who's clicking on what so that you can start segmenting these people out or based on purchase history and, and things like that. Okay, well, that's a lot of great tips there. Um, if uh, people just dig through them on just how to set up um, an email marketing campaign and how to structure it. Um, but let's move on to the second section of our discussion, and that's uh, your thoughts on what's happening generally in digital marketing today. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Oof, good question. Again, um, all right. So software that I can't live without. I can't live without. Um, for the moment, I'm using Hootsuite and I'm trialing a couple of others. Um, but at the moment, I, I'm 
if I didn't have Hootsuite, social scheduling um, across a lot, a lot of accounts would, would become incredibly difficult. Um, so Hootsuite's, you know, a, a little saviour for me. Salesforce in terms of managing um, sales cycles and things like that with, um, with B2B prospects, I, I really value the data that I get from from Salesforce and how it helps me to manage my my prospects and helping them you know move through the sales funnel um, you know being an offline if, if it is an offline relationship Google Analytics um, I think you'll hear this from every single digital marketer in the whole world I can't live without Google Analytics and if I don't know and I say this to my customers all the time my clients I say if you don't know what's driving your traffic, if you don't know what's working for you, then how can you make a decision as to where you should be investing your money? Google Analytics is is, um, is an incredibly powerful tool and especially when it's set up properly. A common mistake people often make is that they say, oh yeah, I've got Google Analytics and I open up their account and uh, yeah, sure, it's been installed and on one page. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so having Google Analytics um, um, installs um, properly set up is incredible, and I'm absolutely in love um, with uh, Google Analytics custom variables at the moment. Okay, um, so let's move on to. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? I never really look at something like I wish I would have done this or I really take everything as a learning curve as a, you know as a piece of knowledge that I was missing and there was really no other way to learn. What was the biggest learning curve? <laughs> Oh, the big okay. So I'm dyslexic, and I'm very happy to say that because it helps people to understand my emails that don't make sense. Um, I wish I had hired a copywriter a bit um, sooner. <laughs> and um, and one of the other things was learning to say no. Learning to say no is uh, is one of the greatest powers um, I think anybody can ever learn in their business. Mm. No, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going mm, from experience as well, you know. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not one that's uncommon, that's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so uh, let's move on to now. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? <laughs> yep. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? It depends on which one's done better. You're telling me not to think too much. Display. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? Online press release. Paid search or SEO? Uh, both of them work really well together. In terms of return, I'm going to say SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email. Website or app? Website. And social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber every day. And local marketing or global marketing? Global. I've <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to explain global marketing a little bit further there? Yeah. Um, I say this to all of my clients, even if they're a local business, is that in order to... Um, 
you know, the word global often scares a lot of small businesses and, um, and it's not something that I, I shy away of. It's something that I always encourage. And the reason for that is because in order to act locally, we need to think globally. We no longer live in a space where um, a local marketplace is going to be valuable to us. You know, there's a really great retailer here in Australia that's called The Bird's Nest. Um, and she comes from this tiny little town in New South Wales. And, and um, she, you know, she... It runs an incredible um, business now that ships nationally and, and internationally and um, it just goes to show that, you know, if you really want to have a powerful local presence, you need to have a really great global one. And of course, by having a global one, it doesn't mean that um, you're marketing to everyone. Uh, you can have a very ultra niche audience and be targeting just um, a certain segment of society, but right across the world. Absolutely, absolutely. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I would um, spend it on uh, website optimization, um, looking to increase my conversion rate um, and um, uh, better content marketing um, and I would obviously track everything through my one of my favorite tools, Google Analytics. Right, Google Analytics. Um, so um, in terms of conversion rates, do you tend to use split testing tools as well? Yeah, 100%. So... Um, with so one of the one of the best tools that I'm really really loving is um, the Crazy Egg tool. Mm. Um, you know we've been really able to do some really really great stuff there with um, Crazy Egg. Um, you know just understanding click behavior and things like that um, with clients. We've actually turned off every single scrolling um, banner for all clients because we just found that through the an analysation of Crazy Egg that it's really a conversion killer. Another tool that I love using is actually Optimizely for A-B testing. It's a, it's a really great tool. A couple of great tips there. My number one takeaway. So you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the number one single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Sure. Um, the number one takeaway that I've got is to evolve your email marketing and integrate it with your other channels. Um, I made it. I think I made it very clear at the beginning of this um, interview that you can't just rely on one channel to do the all the grunt work for you. You need to, um, you know, have channel diversification, but with you know with. But with having one communication, you know, one communication with with the client, I often talk about not focusing on campaigns. Saying I've actually um, been as extreme to say that marketing campaigns are dead, and it is all about the customer journey. So integrate your channels and and make email a real foundation of that. Well, Alita, that um, takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Sure. So um, you can head over to my uh, Facebook, our Facebook page, which is um, Facebook slash Milk Digital Strategy, um, where, um, as um, you mentioned at the start of the call, so we're um, rebranding at the moment to um, the Academy because we are about um, training and development and transferring um, my knowledge into your business so that you can have continued success um, in digital marketing. And also you can um, get along to our blog, which is... Um, 
um, Milk Digital Strategy slash blog, and we're constantly updating news and information. Um, you know, you know, Facebook's constantly changing algorithms. Talking about how to integrate all of your channels with email. Talking about you know some of the tools that um, I've talked about today. So um, get along to Facebook and um, my website, and 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 please drop drop me a line. And um, my personal email address is alita at milkit.com.au. So, so please make sure that you um, drop me a line if you have any questions um, about um, anything that I've spoken about today or, or even any of our training programs. Lovely. Thanks again, Alita. <laughs> Cheers, David. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast delivered as a weekly digital magazine automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio, Digital Marketing Radio.